1: To the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast, I'm Joe Noga, joined as always by our Indians beat writer Paul Hoynes, who's back from a week on the road, and he he brought back with him uh, a present for us. He brought back Oscar Mercado. Paul, uh, it, Oscar's joined the club. It's a, a anticipated debut uh, in in Chicago on Tuesday. What were some of your observations of Mercado just as he joined the club and and was around the team and how the Indians treated him and and any anything you saw from Oscar
0: and and the Indians. Yeah, I, I, it it was good, Joe. He you know he was really excited, as you may you might expect. Uh, he's Such a nice guy, um, you know. We, we saw that in spring training, you you know, and uh, he's really you know this is a kid that you know he's still what they drafted him out of uh, St. Louis, drafted him out of high school, and he's still you know only twenty four, but he's been playing in the uh, in the in the minors you know almost six years or. six plus years and uh you know that's a long time so uh he was excited his family was excited and uh didn't have a great debut but uh, he made it through without any uh major major mistakes he caught everything that was hit to him struck out a couple times but you could tell he was tingling he was really excited I just hope they they give him a chance you know they I don't know if he's you know I have a feeling that uh I don't know if he's a platoon guy, I'm not sure, but I hope uh he gets, you know, he gets a couple more games at least just to uh kind of fit in, get his first hit, all that stuff out of the way and we'll see what happens then.
1: Well, we saw earlier in the season with uh with Eric Stamets come up, it was it was a while before he got his first hit and, and you could tell he was sort of sort of pressing there uh at one point. Uh Mercado doesn't necessarily give off that same vibe. I think I get uh, I get a little bit more of a confident vibe from him. Uh, and after this the spring that he had and what we saw from him in, in that regard uh he he cut down on his strikeouts when he was at columbus he He had more hits than strikeouts, which was you know significant i I think this was a guy who uh was having problem problems earlier in his career getting on base uh I mean when he did get on base he he would steal bases, which is great uh the Indians need a little more success in that department but uh the one thing that the the front office mentioned was the the changes that Mercado made in the off season sort of sticking and carrying over into his play uh through the first couple of months of this season. Uh is that what we we sort of need to see out of Mercado when he gets his opportunities up here with the big league club?
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean he you know, he went to those swing camps in Cleveland and in Goodyear. I, I think in mostly they were in Cleveland, you know, at the ballpark during the winter and really helped to swing in I mean uh, a guy couldn't have had a much better spring training than, than Mercado didn't had 400. He was hitting the ball out of the park. He was hitting doubles. You know, he's playing great defense in, in center field. And, uh, you know, I guess they are going to kind of, he's, he's played, you know, uh, he's played mostly center field in Columbus, but he's played the corners as well. And he made his, you know, big league debut uh, against the white Sox in left field. And he, I like the way he moves in the outfield. He looked really confident out there. Um, so, yeah, yeah, but I think, uh, you know, they need some offense, per, and if he can add add to that offense, if he can give them, you know, a little push, I think that would go a long way to him uh, kind of extending his stay here.
1: You know, his arrival doesn't necessarily mean, you know, all the offense's problems are fixed. I mean, this is still an offense that struggles to score more than, more than two runs a game uh, on, on most occasions. I think uh, the numbers are pretty staggering when they when they score more than five runs in a game they generally win but they've been held to two or fewer runs uh in something like 21 uh out of the last 36 games or, or 21 out of the 36 games it, it's it's really been a struggle for this offense to sort of sustain any sort of success
0: oh yeah it it is you know i mean it's hard watching these guys play at, at times now you know, as soon as you say something like that, they go out and, you know, hit five home runs and score nine runs like they did Tuesday against the White Sox. But that was, an, you know, that was a That's an outlier. The outlier, huh? Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's been a struggle for them to score runs. And, uh, you know, Ramirez, you know, I think is a big part of that. Uh, they finally dropped him in the order to fifth. Uh and uh, hopefully maybe that gets him going, but, you know, they've got to get, they've got to generate some offense and they've got to, uh, you know, you've you've got guys, you know, all over the lineup that just aren't producing and uh, it, it's tough to watch right now. And, uh, you know, I think like you were saying, I was, I think 24 of the last, what they played 40 games, maybe 24, 25 games, they've scored three or fewer runs, you know, and I think they've won six of those games. So uh, you, even with great pitching, you got to score. And, uh, you know, I and it's easy. You know, and I've said we've said it time and time again. You know, I, I'm not sure that you know it, it's hard to uh, blame. I mean, you got to blame the guys with the bats in the hand, in their hands. But you know, the, the people that put this team together knew what was coming. If if they had, if certain things unfolded and certain things have unfolded. I mean, Lindor's been hurt. Ramirez has been in the tank. Uh, you trade away the middle of your lineup or or you let them walk through, through free agency. And this is what you got. And to me, it's almost amazing that they're only four and a half games out and they're still, you know, they still have a winning record. So, um, you know, but they, you know, that, that's in the past now, you know, you can't do anything about that. I don't think they're going to go out and make any big trades. They have to come around. They have to, you know, deal with what they have right now and, you know, they've got Baltimore in town right now for a four-game series. This is a time where, where they should score some runs, should win some ball games, and hopefully close a gap on the Twins.
1: Right. If, if Edwin Encarnacion were sitting in Seattle on, uh, you know, a 189 batting average and two home runs, that, that would sort of change the dialogue here. But, but that's not the case. It, you really did sort of rob the middle of that lineup of any sort of threat uh, of a run producer, uh, when, when you traded away in Encarnacion and he's gone on and, and been basically Edwin that, that they had signed two years ago, uh, and, and Brantley obviously is, is performing very well in, in Houston. Uh, so it, it, you naturally, you look at, at those two and say, you know, what would this offense be like if, if those pieces were added to the lineup, uh, and, and things, things would definitely be a lot different. Uh as far as Ramirez goes dropping him down in the order is is that is five the, the spot where, where Tito, you know, feels comfortable with him. There was a a point, you know, before sort of Jose Ramirez became Jose, Jose Ramirez as he was growing into the, the, um, the player that he was the last, you know, in 2016, 2017 and most of 2018, um, he, he was hitting in that fifth spot. He was providing that, uh, that sort of protection there for the the four hitter as well. Is that something Tito's comfortable doing?
0: Yeah, I think so. You know, his his thing is it doesn't matter where you hit him and when he is eventually going to hit. But I think they just – the reason they did it was, uh, you know, to move the switch hitters around, to put, you know, a switch hitter deeper in the lineup and just to maybe take some – take some of the heat off of, you know, Ramirez hitting uh, second or third. Uh, And so – But, I mean, fifth is still a key spot in anybody's lineup. And, you know, that's where Ramirez did a lot of his damage. You're right. And so, you know, it's not like they dropped him to ninth or seventh or eighth. I thought that's what they might do and, you know, just give him like a mental break. But so he's still, you know, he's still going to come up in in clutch situations. Uh, He hit a home run uh, Tuesday. Maybe that's a good sign. Uh, but I mean uh, he always hits
1: home runs against Chicago I think he's got yeah. 17 career home runs against Chicago right.
0: and you know Van Burke Leo the hitting coach was saying you know he's he, he's not getting a lot of fastballs we know we know that he's getting a lot more off-speed pitches thrown his way he's he's very over, he's very anxious at the plate he's jumping at the ball but he thought he had seen some progress uh, with his you know with his the way he's his lower half whatever that means his legs how he's you know, how he's approaching the ball or striding into the ball. So we'll see. But, uh, you know, this has been going on for – we're we're closing in on two months now or a month and a half. Uh, And, uh, you know, and and it's longer than that when you go back to last year in half of August in the postseason. So, you know, it's a concern. And anybody who says it isn't in the organization is fooling themselves.
1: All right. Well, they're coming off, uh, obviously, a two and three road trip. Uh, you know, the, the pitching continues to sort of sustain this club and, and give them any sort of chance to win uh, in, in every game. Uh, what have you seen just out of the, the starting rotation uh, in the last few days, and the last few outings? Uh, obviously, if Carlos Carrasco could pitch against Chicago every game, uh, the Indians record would be a lot different.
0: Yeah, Carrasco's been good uh, the last two starts, 12 consecutive scoreless innings. Joe, the guy that keeps impressing me is is Rodriguez, Jeffrey Rodriguez. I mean, you know, I don't know. I'm not sure what kind of scouting report the Indians had on this guy or, you know, what they knew that nobody else knew. But if I'm if I'm the Nationals, I'm sitting there thinking I know they've got like, $200 $200 million wrapped up in their rotation. Mm-hmm. But if I'm the Nationals, I'm sitting there thinking, what do we do here? What, what do we just give away?
1: <laughs> they and, gave away the farm for Jan Gomes.
0: Yeah, and, you know, love I love Gomes, but, I, you know, Gomes is what he is right now. He's, you know, a five-, six-year, you know, big leaguer. I don't think, you know, he had his one of his best seasons last year. But, you know, Rodriguez looks to me like he could, you know, he could do something, uh, mm-hmm. you know, if he, if he works on his off-speed pitch, he's got the velocity – and he's got that good uh, demeanor, you know, of course. I think they're, they're handling him right. They're getting, you know, they're not over into, overextending him. But, you know, he's pitching out of trouble. Um, I, I, I really, I've I really been impressed with him. And, and, you know, Bieber is, you know, Bieber's scuffling a little bit. Uh, I think he's still pitching well. He's not getting the results he, he got last year. He's not winning as many games as he did last year. And I think he's gone like five starts without a win. Um, but he's had like two or three quality starts in there. So he's still pitching well. I know he gave up four home runs uh, his last time out against the White Sox. And and Bauer has pitched well, you know, had a good start against uh, Oakland, 10 strikeouts, didn't get the decision, but deserved to win that one.
1: Yeah. Uh, Bieber just seems to be making one or two mistakes that really cost him. And then obviously the, the four home run, four or five home run game, that's, that's sort of an outlier for him. But, you know, he, he seems in his last couple of starts to be, you know, one or two pitches if he could have back the, the whole course of the game goes different. Uh, as far as Rodriguez goes, you, you know, if you look at uh, Gomes and Roberto Perez's numbers right now, uh, Perez stacks up pretty favorably. Uh, he's, he's had a little bit of a power surge uh, this year. And, and Gomes is, is – you know he, he's giving you what Jan Gomes would normally give you at the beginning of a, a season, kind of scuffling. Uh, so the Indians got Daniel Johnson and Jeffrey Rodriguez in that deal, and, and Johnson's tearing it up down at uh, at Double A. You gotta you gotta think the Indians might have gotten two big league pieces in that deal for for Gomes, and you can't you can't look at that and say that the the trade didn't work out sort of in their favor right now.
0: Yeah, no, I I think you're right and the infielder they got I, I can't remember is he's in, at Akron too. I know he got off to a great start down there too. The third player in that deal. Mm-hmm. So, uh, um he's played well. So, uh
1: Mon- Monastero, is that? Yeah, yeah. Monastero? yeah. Uh, yeah
0: he's, if he's still there, I don't I haven't checked lately if he's still in Akron, but I know he's hitting over 300 there uh when when uh at the start of the year. Um yeah, I think, you know, Gomes, you know, Gomes is learning a new league, a new pitching staff. I'm sure, you know, that team is always kind of on the edge to me. You know, they've got a lot of talent, a lot of money wrapped up in that team. But, you know, there's a lot of pressure, I think, from the front office and ownership. And I don't know if that trickles down onto the field or not.
1: Right. Uh right. Let's move to uh, the injury front and uh, some good news for the Indians as Mike Clevenger, who's on the 60-day injured list, uh, has started throwing – Bullpens. Uh, I believe he threw one out in Chicago. Uh, obviously, the the next step after you know getting a couple of bullpens under his wing is is possibly heading out to a a rehab assignment. Uh, it's May sixteenth. The earliest he can come back is June sixth or seventh, somewhere in there. Yeah. So you've got a good three to four weeks to 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 see you know what you've got with Clevenger.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's, uh, you know, he was, you know, you know, Clevenger, he was jumping around. He was like, the, he was, he was like flying around as usual. He threw the bullpen in Chicago. He was going to play catch uh, yesterday and then the off day at, at, at Jacob at Progressive Field. And then he was, I think he scheduled to throw another bullpen today, uh, uh Thursday. At, at the ballpark. And, uh, you know, they'll just, you know, 20 pitch bullpens. I think he's only throwing fastballs. So, you know, you got to progress from, you know, I think he'll probably throw two more bullpens then a simulated game. And then he'll probably, you know, then he'll talk about sending him out. Yeah. And uh, if he gets what, two, three starts, they got to, build him up. Well, Joe, you know, maybe five innings, hundred pitches, something, 90 pitches, hundred pitches before he, he, he could be ready to, uh, you know, rejoin the rotation
1: right and they have no reason to to move quickly on any of that you know it, 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 this is all barring any sort of setbacks as well he hasn't reported any uh, how much can the indians trust him to to tell them if there's anything going on
0: yeah well you know i think you know you know as much as he wants to pitch i mean in this day and age you you have to be you know you really have to be hard-headed not to, if you get hurt again and you're not saying anything I mean, with the money at stake, with his future, I, you know, if he, he's got to raise his hand here, you know, I mean, right. if so, you don't need heroes right now. You need healthy pitchers and he's got more than enough time to get ready. I don't think, you know, he's got to overextend anything. But if, he, if you're if you hurt, you're hurt and, and you go to the trainer and tell him.
1: Uh, on the flip side of the injury news, uh, in order to get, Oscar Mercado on the roster. They had to put Tyler Naquin on the injured list. Uh, Naquin with a, a hamstring uh, tweak, I guess, is the –
0: Left calf. Calf? Calf. Left calf. Uh, yeah. yeah, the
1: hamstring was checked down in, uh, at AAA. We'll get to him. Uh, but, yeah, left calf for um, Tyler Naquin. And, you know, I'm, I've already gotten some emails from from fans asking why the Indians can't seem to keep their calves healthy. <laughs> um, I, I don't think it's an epidemic, but uh, you know th- th- these sort of things uh, pop up throughout the season. Uh, it, again, it's a question with Naquin of, of staying healthy and, and being able to, to stay in the lineup.
0: Yeah. You know, I mean, I felt bad. You know, he, I, I was talking to him. He, you know, he played in, <laughs> played last Friday in, in Oakland and had a, you know, they got beat, but he made a great catch and extended the game in the ninth inning had a couple hits. I think they only had two or three hits. Uh, and, uh, you know, he, he's been playing decently. Uh, and then, you know, so then he doesn't play Saturday, Sunday with the calf. and he's telling me, oh, it's not too bad. You know, I should be back. And then, you know, the next day he's on the DL and, uh, you know, Mercado is up. Now, I, th- I still think just from talking to him, you know, they can they, – they, you know, backdate this injury to the last Saturday and he should – he could be back pretty quick. And uh, so – but we all know with, with calf injuries with the Indians, you know, pretty cu- quick can turn into a long time uh, very right. in, in a blink of an eye. So let's just uh, take that with a grain of salt. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think Naquin is – out of all the outfielders has been probably the most consistent. We haven't seen the power, any much power from him, but he's hitting, I think 278, you know, he's playing every day. He's playing a a good right field. And this is one of those guys that just can't stay on the field, Joe. I mean, that was his goal, whole goal coming into this season, you know, was to play as much as he could. And uh, so now he's got this calf injury, he's got to handle it. And it's going to be interesting Joe, when, when he's ready to come back, what do they do? Do they send Mercado down? You know, that's probably the easy move. Or are one of these veteran guys in trouble, is is uh, Gonzalez in trouble, is uh, – is, uh, uh, um, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to – but, you know, but a guy like Gonzalez is, you know, do they make a move with him, you or know? Mar-
1: or Martin or something like that. Or
0: Martine, yeah. Or, or, you know, do they go a little younger then? It's going to be interesting.
1: What's Martin at, like – Twenty consecutive, twenty-two consecutive games with the with a strikeout. Uh, yeah,
0: I, that, and I asked him about it. He goes, "Strikeout, you know, strikeouts don't bother him." He just said, "Strikeouts have always been a part of my game. I've I've always struck out a lot." I said, well you know, he's what he struck out fifty times, close to fifty times. Yeah,
1: time. that's. I, I mean, you're up there with like Aaron Judge strikeout numbers, yeah, and yeah. and if you're going
0: yeah, to do that you got to hit 20 home runs. Exactly, you got to have exactly. like 15 home runs by now. <laughs> so.
1: Uh you know the other outfielder that we need to mention here is Jordan Luplo who who really has has sort of lit the world on fire uh since his return his his, his recall from AAA. Uh, if Jordan Luplo could play against the White Sox every game I think he'd be uh he'd be happy if he could face uh, Manny Benuelos uh, for the rest of his life, I think that would be his ideal situation. Uh, two games with two home runs against the the White Sox in his, his last couple outings against them.
0: Yeah, he's you know he's been a, really a pleasant you know he's really I guess pleasant surprise. I don't know if that's right, but the second since he's come up for the second time, you know, the, in in late April, I mean he's he's really played well, and they played him in the right spots. They platooned him. Uh, you know, I'd like to see him get a, get a little more time. You know, get a little more regular playing time. Hopefully, you know, this will, he gets it. I mean, I I don't know what more you can do to get more playing time. You know, the last time he hit two home runs against the White Sox, he was on the bench the next day. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we'll see what happens tonight, if he's playing in there tonight. Uh, But uh, you know, he, at least he's a, at least he's a threat to, to leave the yard, Joe. Right. No one else, you know, except for Lindor, who's going to hit a home run on this club. You know, and, So I mean at least maybe maybe Luplo can do something I, I have my you know i I wonder what the the pirates you know he was up and down with the pirates what two or three years. Mm-hmm. you know he's always showed a little bit of pop, but maybe he gets a chance every day in the big leagues to play and and we you know what, we'll see what he really can do.
1: well, that's why his his slugging percentage was always pretty high, even with the pirates and and in the at at AAA when he puts the ball in play when he gets a hit it's usually for extra bases it's either a home run or a double for him uh if when he's going well and not striking out and 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 all that kind of stuff uh yeah yeah, a a, a real change for him in in the second trip up with the club
0: he's you know you can see the confidence in him uh you know, he, I think he just feels better about himself. And when he went down to Columbus I and mean, he go, you know, what, he hit like three fifty mm-hmm. in about 12 games. And he said, you can almost, uh, the stats look like a guy saying, all right, I've been, I've been through this before. This is, this is not where I want to spend a lot of time. And, uh, you know, this is what I really can do. And, and it's translating into big leagues."
1: Uh, Hey Paul, I wanted to take a second here. Uh, just take a break in the show to, to mention project text. Uh, and, and and get your opinion and see how uh, how things are going with that. Uh, you're you're sharing your inside takes on the Indians uh, via text message with our our fans and our listeners uh, who have signed up. Uh, I, I believe can they still sign up for free? I, I'm I'm not sure.
0: I'm yeah, not sure I think it's still. I thought we were shutting it off in the middle of May, but I think as far as I know, I think it's still, you can still jump on there for free and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, test it out, take it for a test drive, see what you think. Uh, but it's been fun, Joe. It's been a blast. I've been, uh, I've gotten a lot of, uh, a lot of, you know, on, on the free side of it, a lot of guys, a lot of people have, uh, you know, tested, are testing it from all over the country, you know, a lot of different area codes, uh, and uh, people seem to have enjoyed it. I, I try to give people uh, kind of a little, like you were saying, an inside look at the tribe. I, I send out two or three texts a day. Uh, and uh, I've been answering a lot of questions. It's almost like answering, hey, hoinsies, you yeah. know, every day. So. But it's been fun. And I think people have enjoyed it. I think, uh, you know, if you're a tribe fan, you, you, you know, give it a try. Because it, it, it's, uh, it, I, I don't know, it, it's kind of fun. It, I've, I've enjoyed it a lot.
1: Well, there's links uh, on this post and in every post that we put on Cleveland.com. Uh, you can follow the link and, and sign up uh, for a a free trial or a uh, you know monthly subscription to uh, Paul's text on Project Text, and we have other a variety of other texts as well. Uh, Indians, Browns, Cavs, Ohio State, beer, heck, we got everything covered. We're uh, we, we've got uh, any any angle for you. Uh, yeah, if, Joe, if
0: if fans want to know what comes first, the chicken or the egg concerning the Indians hitting, they can find out about that in those texts from uh, Jake Bowers. That's a uh, ph- Professor Jake Bowers. He's a philosopher now and he you know he he uh kind of put that question out there.
1: Well, that's not a philosophy question. That's a biology question. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, right. I, I'm sorry, he's a biologist or a philosopher. Uh. Uh, hey Paul, uh, do we have any questions that we can uh, take right now? Uh, let's take one or two now before we wrap up. I want to uh, mention one more uh, anecdote here before we we get going.
0: But uh, any questions? yeah, we got a couple yeah. of questions, Joe. Uh, this is from Rod Kellogg from Cleveland. Uh, are there are there two different kinds of bats? Are are players using two different kinds of bats? Are the home run hitters using harder lumber? <laughs> and does harder the bats with harder lumber do they lead to more injuries shoulder or, or oblique injuries
1: well wasn't it a few years ago that the the maple revolution that everybody started swinging maple bats yeah. instead of uh, ash bats because the, the maple was was harder uh, you know I, I think the players are responsible for their own you know equipment in terms of what what brand or style or, or make or model that they they have i was I was shocked when we were down in Miami to see Cory Kluber taking batting practice uh you know the the day before he got injured uh I saw Corey Kluber swinging a bat I I looked at it, I asked him hey you know whose bat are you borrowing or whose are you using This is a Cory Kluber bat it has his name yeah. on it it's Corey right. Kluber's got his own bat I'm like you know he might he might swing you know three or four at bats in a season maybe but he's got his own model bat so uh yeah I I don't think that the 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 maker the the style of bat that they're using contributes to injuries, that's that's certainly no. the problem that I think.
0: And, yeah. and there's, you know, all sorts of – people use different kinds of wood and bats. You know, there's all sorts of sort – of, I think there's maybe 20 different brands of bats that, mm-hmm. that are, you know, uh, approved by Major League Baseball. They have to be built a certain way. But like you said, Joe, a lot – maple is probably the hardest wood that's used. Then ash and, you know, I think there's other 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 woods have been used. Uh, and I guess I think it's more the more the guy swinging the bat than the than the bat itself when it comes to determining if the ball goes out of the park or not.
1: Right. One of the things with the the way that the bats are painted now, you get some some different looks. You know, there's bats that are two toned and gray or whatever, uh, or dark painted. Uh, always look for the uh, there's a, a spot on the handle of the bat. It's required. Uh, that's like a, a show me spot that you can see that it's actually a wood bat underneath the uh the 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 paint and all that so I I always you know take it it's something I always notice when I'm I'm looking at their bats but uh it's interesting Uh, Carlos Gonzalez might might have the most spare bats or you know used bats or he's got a whole locker next to him in the clubhouse that's just lined with with bats I I how can one guy swing that many different bats I I noticed but it was interesting. Yeah. There's, there's just a a ton of different kinds.
0: Yeah. I always look for the bat, Joe, that, you know, at the top, you know, from, from the things I, (laughs) I heard that if you're going to cork a bat, you drill it through the top of the bat right? and uh, you stuff the, uh, whatever that, the illegal substance down into the middle of the bat, then you plug it back up and, uh, uh, when it's done right, it's it's hard to tell. You can't. It's almost impossible to tell. We'll have to ask Albert Bell about yeah, that. Yeah, we'll
1: ask. We'll ask Albert next time we have him on. We we, we did talk to Albert uh, recently, <laughs> but next time we, we did not bring up cork vats the last time we talked <laughs> no. to
0: Albert Bell. <laughs> okay. Um, this and uh, one uh, another question from from Joe from uh, Powell, Ohio. Okay. Is uh, is Oscar Mercado up too early? And why not bring Greg Allen up instead of him? Uh,
1: there's about six hundred points on an OPS that'll be the reason why we would bring, why the Indians would bring Mercado up uh, in front of uh, Allen. I and and I think you know you just sent Allen down a couple weeks ago. I I don't think uh, bringing him right back up is, is the solution you're looking for. No, he's not up too early. He's he's up earlier than I thought he would be. Uh, I thought it would yeah. be June before he, he, he came up. I thought it would be about mid-June before Mercado came up. But, you know, I, hey, let's go. Get him going. The, the offense needs something.
0: Yeah, and yeah, I think you're right. And, uh, you know, Allen will be up here. He'll get another shot. Uh, I, I don't think he was used, for, uh, you know, the right way when he opened camp. I mean, opened the season. But, hey, you – the manager picks the roles and you, and you got to fill that role. Um, But I think Mercado, you know, I, am not sure Joe, how long he's up here for. I, 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 if, if Naquin comes back, I, just from listening to the way Frank was talking in Chicago, it sounds like he may be, you know, on the he might be going down, but I think this is important for him. Gets up here, sees what the big leagues are like, gets his feet wet. And, uh, you know, just has that experience, gets the nerves, everything out of the way. Next time he comes up, he'll be ready to go.
1: Well, the only way he can guarantee himself a spot is to just hit and keep hitting the whole time he's up here, make it impossible for them to send him down.
0: That's exactly right. And uh, last question is from James Regan out of Baton Rouge. Would the Tribe ever release Jason Kipnis? I think it would be addition by subtraction
1: uh what, what's the contract 14 14 million yeah,
0: 14, 14 and a half 14 something. and a half million and they yeah, would he's gotta, he's still be on the hook to, next year
1: how many yeah it's a couple million right
0: i don't know probably right around a million but i'm not sure on that okay right. i, th- I, I thought know. it was like a two million dollar buyout yeah, it might but, be yeah uh
1: i mean the two million dollar buy the, the buyout for next year is is a foregone conclusion that's yeah. that's a done deal uh as far as releasing him I, yeah, I don't, I don't see it. Uh, I don't
0: see that either. You know, Joe, I, I, I think, I think Kipnis is this far away from, from getting it going. mm -hmm. I mean, I've been watching him really closely on this last trip. He had two hits against Chicago. Uh, You know, he had a bunt, bunt hit. Um, And he had a line drive into right field there. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, you know, he's been playing great defense, a lot better defense than, than, We've seen Kipnis play in the last couple of years, especially going to, you know, going to his right, um, and um, I think he's really close to, to to breaking out of this thing and 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 playing well. You know, he this is a this is a huge year for him. Mm-hmm. He has to play well, or he's going to be one of those guys, those veteran guys, getting invited to camp, you know, in, in February on right. on, a, on a minor he's league. He's going to be on
1: minor league deals and he's, trying to he's, catch on.
0: And I I can see him. He's this close. And uh, hopefully he breaks out of it and and helps the Indians and and helps himself as well.
1: All right. Well, we just passed the uh, 38th uh, anniversary of Lenny Barker's perfect game that was uh, on the 15th of May, 1981. Uh, Paul, you know, just from being around the team and being around the guys who were in that game, uh, you know what are what are some of the the stories that you've heard or the uh, the, the tales that have been told about Lenny Barker's perfect game? It, it's just such a part of for Indians fans and for those who are around the team. It's just s- such a part of the history and the lore of of this club is is you know the images that we have of Rick Manning squeezing that last out and then you know galloping into the infield as they celebrated uh, the that the win against the Blue Jays.
0: Yeah, I, the thing I remember. Joe, I wasn't at that game. I didn't cover that game, and uh, I remember m- talking to Mike Hargrove about it. He was playing first base, when, and I was talking to Hargrove when he was, of course, the manager of the Indians, and he was saying with the later that game got, his concentration was so focused uh, you know when, when they knew what that was at strike. When he was on defense, he said it, it, it felt like he was on had tunnel vision when he was looking. He was watching the hitter on TV. He was so zeroed in on that. And I, re- I remember talking to Barker. He had a breaking. A Ron Hassey was the catcher, and and Barker's breaking ball was like he was breaking like almost like twenty inches. He said it was all. He never had another breaking ball like that. He never threw that same breaking ball again. But on that night. It was, it was breaking all, all over the place, and I just remember Hasse talking about it and saying what what a great pitch it was. I think Hasse caught a perfect game for Dennis Martinez, too, in, in Montreal. Right. And right? maybe caught another one in the Dodgers for the Dodgers. I,
1: I'm pretty sure he caught – didn't he catch one? Yeah, he caught one. It might not have been a perfect game, but a no-hitter for sure.
0: Yeah, and I think he – I know he caught Dennis Martinez – perfect I thought Dennis threw a perfect game yeah Dennis threw a perfect game so and I think Hasse was the catcher so yeah yeah but yeah I just you know I just and I remember you know it was fu- I remember Tony Grossi was covering that game uh, mm-hmm. uh Pluto had the night off for the playing Dealers when Terry was uh, covering the uh covering the Indians for the Plain Dealer. Grossi was covering the game, and Pluto was getting an award. He was at some kind of banquet, and <laughs> he and he found out that LeBron was showing the perfect game. So he came over to the press box, and I think he ended up writing something. But it was – I mean, that was – it just like it was a typical, what, May hey. Cleveland night. It was foggy. It was – oh, God, it was cold.
1: We see that we see that every night in the press box with the Indians, when uh, until both teams get a hit, everybody's on edge. And in in terms of the writers, everybody's on edge to 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 have to pull out the uh, the the no hitter material and the the perfect game material. I think when when Trevor Bauer was you know five innings in with no hits uh, this past earlier this season, yeah, uh, I think everybody was on high alert. so it's always interesting, you know, when when both teams finally do break through. Everybody sort of takes a uh, a sigh of relief uh, in terms of the in terms of the writers, not not necessarily the fans. They're all disappointed, but the the writers know that you know things aren't going to be uh, you know you don't have to do anything special for the no hitter.
0: Yeah, I know the what the AP guys they've got to start writing no hit stories at the fifth inning from fifth the fifth inning. inning yeah. You know, they have to change it every inning. I mean, that's uh, that's crazy, man. And I remember, you know, of course, opening day, what the, of of uh, you know at Progressive Progressive Field, uh, the open when the park opened, uh, and uh, the big unit was thrown out, and. uh and Bob Feller, the only the author, the only opening day no hitter in baseball history, was in the press box,
1: <laughs> and he was, and he made no bones about being very relieved when uh, he definitely when the Indians broke through and got a hit off of Johnson.
0: And you know, like Bob had talked to anybody, so every reporter was up there talking to him between innings and stuff. It was crazy, but I'm, but I, you know, I know. Uh, Rapid Robert was uh, was happy when uh, who got the hit Sandy I think Sandy yeah got the- Sandy,
1: Sandy got the first Indians hit yeah yeah so
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: that's great all right well uh, we we will see you at the ballpark the opening of an eleven game home stand uh, tonight Thursday at Progressive Field the the Orioles and then the the Athletics uh, come to town after that. Uh, the Rays come to town. And the Rays come come in. Oh, geez. we we'll get to see happen?
0: Yandy the and the opener.
1: Uh... Yandy, the opener, and who knows what the hell uh, Tito's going to pull with, with Cash this time. Last time Cash stole Tito's scooter, put it out on the infield for batting practice. <laughs> so uh, you know something's coming. It, it, Tito, Tito keeps it pretty calm at, at the progressive field side of things. I don't know what he does down in Tampa, but... Yeah, he's it's afraid been, to
0: open the door in Tampa. He
1: <laughs> he usually just puts something up, puts something embarrassing up on the scoreboard about Cash. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's been the, the the regular routine so far. But Cash got him good with the scooter last year. That was yeah, it. Was that was still, there good. was still a dent in the scooter when that they took it out. <laughs> All right, Helinski. We will uh, talk to you again later. Uh, and, and this this is good. We we got uh, we got to. Hear a little bit about uh, the, the behind the scenes stuff from uh, Lenny Barker's No Hitter. Very cool.